Welcome to Permission to Win, a podcast asking life's most fundamental questions, like what is permission? Who needs my permission? And why are we talking about permission anyway? In each episode, your co-hosts explore different ways to say it's okay, discussing all the different permissions we need in our lives to do or not do the things that we do. Now, in case you think you need it, here's your permission to join David and Kim. Hello, Kim. Hi, David. Are you excited? I am. (laughs) I just have to tell you that now that we're a few episodes into this, I am so grateful and feel so blessed that, that you are here joining me on this path. But I think... Wait. <laughs> what? Why is there a butt there? I don't know. What is it? Should there not be a butt there? This is one instance where we don't like big butts and we cannot lie. <laughs> Well, okay, let's, let's talk about big butts. What, uh, what should I have done there? Whenever you're saying something good and then you put a butt after it cancels all the good before it. Oh, okay. So let's, maybe let's talk about canceling the positive. It's not, uh, it's not a good thing. Is it? I know that in my life I've been the one to be self-deprecating. I grew up watching MASH and similar sitcoms and Gen X and the whole nine. And so, yeah, self-deprecation is our basic form of humor. At least it was in my realm. And so that's kind of the way I've operated. So I guess that big butt has always been following me around and it still does awkwardly enough. So here's the problem with that. When we live in that negative space all the time, it it causes us to be different. It causes us to think different about things. It causes us to have issues that we actually don't have to have. Okay. Expound on that further. So being positive and seeing things and not the I know there's a term called toxic positivity. Well, you don't want that. (laughs) That is not what we're talking about. But looking at things from the grateful side instead of the always being, you know, always looking for the things that are wrong. I think there's a difference in our attitude and a difference in the outcome of our lives when we do that. No, I think you're right. Obviously, we've pre-planned a little bit of this banter here (laughs) listener just so you know but yeah being negative again i am so good at this i mean this is probably my superpower is being negative and so i tried to rearrange how those words come out of my mouth the harder part though is how i think and it goes down to as deep as self-worth and my value to other people. And my experiences with other people are overshadowed by my feeling of discontent. 
So one of the things I want to stop and say right here is that, yes, we were being funny about the butts, but I'm serious about it. Like I might giggle about it, but to me, this is a very serious topic because if someone came to me and they were talking bad about you, they would get shut down in a heartbeat because I don't want someone talking negative about you. I don't want someone talking bad about you. I think that's a really important way to live our lives, you know, for the circle we run in, for the friends we have, for the associates we have in business. I think it's important that we don't do the whole gossip thing. So I would shut that down immediately. If you came to tell me something that we can do to help a situation, that's one thing. But when you come to tell me, you know, gossip or juicy bits or whatever negative things, I want no part of that. So when I hear somebody who I care about talking negative about themselves, I feel the same way. I'm going to shut that that train down because that's that's my friend you're talking about. Somebody I believe in. So when you talk about yourself in a negative way, let's figure out why. Like, let's look underneath the hood and see what's going on inside there in that motor, because that that's a negative ghost rider. How's that? <laughs> you are absolutely right. We should, I think, this is a should, conduct ourselves in such a way that anything we say about somebody, they should be able to be in the room. That would be a nice way for society to, to exist. It's not always that way. We feel compelled to, uh, share gossipy information. You're right. And I guarantee that I've never done that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but on the occasions when I have, it's been perfectly justified that, okay. Okay. I can't even, can't even lie to myself. So, yes, we need to speak positively, and sometimes negative is positive. Sometimes it's guidance. Sometimes we want the best for people. Again, I'll go back to that assumption of positive intent. If you have positive intent about what you were just talking about, Kim, that's exactly what you were saying, that we need to figure out a way to help this person. We need to figure out a way to assist this person. Let's come up with the right way to do it. That comes back to, well, this is a sideline topic, but it comes back to the idea of lying to people. Sometimes, again, that positive intent of they don't need all the information right now could be constituted as a, as a lie, but it's not necessarily what we're trying to do. And then you've got to be careful about how you apply that. You don't want to just use that as a carte blanche. No, I, I can get away with it because I'm really trying to help them. So I have to laugh and say, like, I didn't expect this twist and turn in the conversation, but I am giggling at the thought of all the prayer requests I've had over the years where <laughs> it had nothing to do with, you know, please pray for so-and-so. It was more, I can say this so that I can get by with telling you the juicy bits that I really want to share. That's that is a very, um, I guess, Bible belt <laughs> kind of way of gossiping that I don't, I don't like that either. 
I, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, we, we want to pray for Mrs. Jones because her husband seems to be stepping out on her a lot, or at least I see him leaving the house a lot or whatever it might be. Cause we, yes, we put so much into other people's stories. We make all, all these assumptions and assume the negative. We assume that whatever it is that they are doing meets our negative expectations. Uh, in the South, we, we get away with it when we just followed up with bless their heart. So that's okay. That makes it okay. Right? Absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> well, well, we're, we'll work on that then. But as far as negative talk for ourselves, that's talk, that's talking about other people. That's dealing with those, you know, that are around you and whatnot for ourselves. I will have to say that I am my biggest detractor. I am my largest critic. If I wrote a newspaper, there would be two lines of positive copy and the entire rest of the newspaper would be things that I am discontent about or things that I jokingly can't do right or ha ha ha. I'm an only child. And so that kind of naturally leads me to a self-deprecating, just play with me. Here's my ball. I'll bring the ball to the game. Let's just play. Ha ha. Yeah, I'm stupid. Uh, whatever. And we'll joke about it. And then that'll keep everybody on the playground. But that is obviously you're shaking your head. That's, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. You can use that as an excuse being an only child. You can use it as an excuse to want people to stay and play and, and all of that. But you have to remember, are you attracting the people that you want to be playing the ball game with? <laughs> because if they are not looking at you and understanding what a highly valuable person you are and the amazing thing that you bring to a conversation and to the table. That's really maybe staying in your comfort zone of the deprecating things, but is that really getting you anywhere in life? Like, is that really something to be nurturing? We'll call it. Is that something we should be, you know, looking for more people that come and, deprecate with you like <laughs> no you're exactly right uh, and sometimes you have the opportunity to be around people who can be positive and a lot of times through either work engagements or well that's really that's really it the work engagements that that you have you have no choice you're stuck with people that you work with you could leave that job but that job may be the only thing available at the time whatever it might be. So you've got to be careful about how you handle those environments, relational situations with, with, uh, personal relationships. Those are decisions and you've got to figure out how to number one, be happy with yourself. And that's harder when everybody around you is negative. For me, I'm just going to be honest and this probably won't be a popular thing to say. But for me, if someone adds drama to my life, it's a really great way to be graduated out of my life. I can love you from a distance. It doesn't change how I, you know, love you. But I don't want that because it's contagious. 
And mm-hmm. the same way we guard against all the other contagious things in the world right now, I feel like that's something we should consider when somebody really does not change what they're saying about things. It's always those big buts. I'm so grateful, but I'm, you know, I love this thing, but it's always that but part. You know, thanks for doing this for me, but that to me is a sign of someone who's ungrateful, who is not confident in who they are, who has insecurities that are ruling them. Like there's a lot of different reasons, but those are all reasons that if someone doesn't choose differently and it takes a while, like that's something you have to practice. However, if you do not practice that and you choose to stay in that, I love you from a distance. Well, I'll open up one of my small areas of discontent and it's just a habit. I am not good with accepting compliments. So my immediate deflection is thank you for that, but, and then I will explain why it was either easy or why I had all this help or why all these other things as opposed to stopping with, thank you. So I'm going to say something that's kind of spicy, but I think it's true. And that is you are really negating what someone is saying to you and devaluing them. Because if I'm telling you, you did a great job, and your response to me is, thank you, but your opinion really doesn't matter. And yes, I'm putting that in there, but When you say, but that's what you're saying. Thank you for saying that, but you're wrong. You're wrong. And I think that's hard to hear back because you, you think you're deflecting. And I think we should not deflect when we get a compliment. We should say thank you and be grateful. We can defer Like deferring is not the same as deflecting. When you defer something, like the credit for something, this podcast is amazing to me. It 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 is because of you that this podcast rocks. You deflecting that, thank you, but it's not really because let me give you the list of why it's not. That's not cool. But deferring you know, thank you. And just so you know, it wouldn't be this awesome without Carrie. Like that's the way to do that. It's not the, it's not the deflecting, it's the deferring because it does take all of us to do the things that we're doing. Like it's important that we're acknowledging people around us, being grateful for those people. So that's a great time to do that. But deflecting by saying, but after thank you, or, and I think it's something we all have to practice. Oh, it's an easy, it's an easy habit to get into. I go, I go back to, for, I think the majority of our listeners, I suspect that they have a, we'll call it the lunch lady experience through, (laughs) through elementary school and middle school or high school or wherever you went to school unless you were homeschooled. And if you had the problem with the lunch lady there, it was, it was a little bit different situation for you. (laughs) 
But if you have an issue with the lunch lady, it's probably not your original idea. It's probably groupthink of all the other little kids in line with you who haven't learned to be grateful for what they have. So we make fun of the ladies cooking, which then translates, it grows. Then you start making fun of them in their little white uniforms and all these things. It becomes toxic for sure. And it's a very, to me, it was a very early learned behavior of not appreciating what it is that you've been given because that food wasn't bad. It was my, maybe not the Ritz, but it was not bad. I mean, I, I, anytime I get a chance to get square pizza, I'll get some square pizza. (laughs) I think that that's a really great point though, with like even peer pressure as adults, I think we have things that we are supposed to, and I'm going to put that in some air quotes, we're supposed to fuss about, or we're supposed to think negatively of and you're right there's a lot of things about school lunches that are amazing because there are kids going hungry and we're telling them to you know quietly enjoy it but out loud say how bad it is and and make fun of the people so I think you're exactly right about that and it's a supposed to thing peer pressure turns into You're supposed to act this way. And we have to shift that as adults. I think, you know, that's that's a really important concept that you just brought up, actually, David, because a lot of the thing, even talking about saying thank you and the but afterwards, we're supposed to not be prideful. And so we tell ourselves that, you know, well, if we accept that, then we're sounding really full of ourselves. if we say thank you for someone telling us we did a good job. But the truth is, if you put effort into something and someone acknowledges it, enjoy that, like enjoy that part. If someone says to you, you know, you're brilliant, enjoy that because I have to tell you, you didn't create you. Like you're not the one that's even the one that can take credit for some things. And so saying thank you or, you know, thank you for, a lot of times I'll say thank you for your kind words because it is very kind for you to stop and take the time to tell me something good. I, I appreciate that kindness. I appreciate that sweetness. And I think that that's another way to recognize in us if we are answering you know, you got a cute shirt. Well, thanks. I, you know, I got it at the dollar store or thanks. I got it, you know, on sale or I picked it up at the thrift store or whatever. Why are you taking away the value of it? Like, why are you taking away the value from what somebody's trying to tell you that, that they see? Well, it's, it's that false humility that I think we're trained to have by society in general. I was going to say by growing up here in the South, like you and I did, but I think it's a more of a universal thing is if you're raised to be quote unquote humble, then you overdo that quite a bit. And I mean, I, I grew up watching my parents do it. 
is a general rule. We all do it uh, at times. We're just, we just got to catch on to it. And it's difficult. It's difficult to be okay and giving ourselves permission to say a positive thing or to receive positive information. Now, the flip side of any of that is just sitting in, in your own thoughts and being positive. I've got to do this thing. I've got to do this project. I want it to be good, and I think I, it can be good, but it's probably not. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say something spicy again. I know you're shocked. <laughs> I think some of that comes from arrogance. I think some of that comes from letting insecurities rule you when confidence is what we can experience. Confidence is knowing we can do something or that we're willing to try something where arrogance is giving up on ourselves or, you know, wanting to take credit for something maybe that we are not doing. I, I do think that there's a fine line in there because true confidence is super sexy and it's, it sounds different when you say it. We're attracted to people who are confident. Oh, I mean, absolutely. As a general rule, we just, we, we're drawn to those folks. I feel like in my situation, I don't feel like I can be those folks. And that's again, that's that self-deprecation kicking in. And I will tell you this too, David, not only that, but that's part of the, that's part of the insecurity, the arrogance, the ego, all of that goes together because you weren't meant to be them. You were meant to be you. You are brilliant in the way that you are brilliant. And you have skills that you have acquired over your lifetime that you do a great job doing the things that you're experienced at. You, you know, you have learned a lot of new things. You've done a lot of things. That's a great example of a, you know, this is good, but... I wish I had the skills they had. I wish I, you know, was like them. I would, that's a but because you're brilliant in your way. You are the only one that can be you. And when you get to the point that you recognize that and you are grateful for that, then there's none of that looking around going, man, I, you know, if I could just be like them. That that's the difference, I believe, from confidence and ego. And I do think that that's where a lot of the positive and negative come from is I am not happy with who I was made to be. I'm not content with what I have. I'm not, you know, I'm not liking whatever it is. I want something else. And I think that's that's part of what we have to recognize in our own selves and dig deep. And it stinks. Like, I'm just going to say that it stinks to like have to figure that out. Well, I, I will say, you know, a lot of times we look at people and say, I am not like them. Well, there's many factors that go into being them. But you could be a lot more like them if you had put the time and effort into being what they are. And this, this may be a total sideline to this whole topic, but let's say I wanted to be a ballerina. I could do that if I had started at like age five 
If I could go back to age five and have my parents drag me to all those rehearsals and all those classes and do all these things and put in the hours and 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 hours of training, then I could potentially do that. On top of that, if I would bother to eat right and exercise and be a little skinny rail, then that too. I don't know where this originates, but it's pain. It's the pain of effort or the pain of regret that you have, that you carry with you. I've learned that recently, and it's been more and more frustrating to sit in the pain of regret because I didn't do a thing versus the pain of the effort of just doing the thing. And for me, it's, it's exercise and weight loss and things like that, that I could have been spending all this time on. And I did for a while. And then I was failing a little bit at it and then COVID hit and then nothing. And now I want, now I want to be that person. Now I want to be able to go run 10 miles like I used to. Can't do it because of the regret that I carry about it, that I can't do it. And I haven't motivated myself enough to be positive enough to go and say, you can do it, just go do it or work yourself back up to it because I know it's going to be a lot of work. So you bring up a really, really good point that is that negativity is heavy. Like trying to get past the regrets and trying to get past the negative things that you see in your own self. Like that's, we all see things in ourselves. Trying to get past that makes it harder to do what we're supposed to do. It makes it harder to do the things we want to do. I have no desire to run 10 miles. I walk 10 miles, but there's no desire. I, my want to is not there to want to, to run 10 miles. At 55 years old, there is no interest for me to learn how to run. However, I want to be healthy. I don't think that being healthy is like running is required. No, but being healthy, you feel different. Hmm? I've felt different and I want to feel, no, I think I want to feel different again. I obviously don't want to because I haven't efforted. So not efforting, though, can come from different things. And I think it actually can come from the negative part. I think it can come from defeating yourself before you even get to the battle. I think that that's maybe one of the reasons I am not impressed with the negative talk is if I hang out with people who are negative all the time, that means I'm defeating myself. I am you know, keeping myself out of the arena. I'm keeping myself beat down and, and not able to do the things, not go to the ball game you're talking about. I want to show up. I want to be in the arena. I kind of laugh sometimes. And I think about entrepreneurs as like, you know, gladiators in the big marketplace arena that, you know, we have to choose to walk in that arena. And when we go in there, we know we're going to get beat on. We know we're going to get kicked around. We're going to do all that. Imagine if we do that before we get in the arena. Imagine if we're doing the kicking and the beating up of ourselves before we walk in that doorway. You know, are we already going to lose because we already did that to us? 
Or can we play our walk-in music, pump ourselves up, remind ourselves of all the good in us, all the good things we're capable of, all the experience we have, and, and remind ourselves we have things to learn and then walk through the doorway of that arena ready, ready for battle, ready to take on whatever it is we need to, to learn, to, to do the things, to show up, you know, completely. I think that is a picture in my head of the difference between showing up negative and positive. And it's a decision. It's an absolute decision. It it doesn't matter your surroundings. It doesn't matter your lot in life. It's all about the way you choose to address the issue. Am I going to accept this in a positive manner? Am I going to accept this in a negative manner? Am I going to encourage myself? Am I going to self-deprecate and basically sabotage anything I've got going on? Not and hang out with me, I'll just say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, uh, I've had to dial that back. You don't get to get the full brunt of my, uh, humorous negativity, which is something I learned a a while back. Sarcasm carries almost always carries a modicum of truth. And so as much as we want to be sarcastic and joke about things, there's probably a a nugget of reality that we're adding into that. So that's probably a little bit about how we really feel about that person or that thing or whatever it is when you, when you act a little sarcastic. And so It's definitely a struggle and people see through it. Sarcasm can be the, like the delivery system for what someone's not brave enough to say, like with honesty, if you need to have a conversation with someone and you're passive aggressive by being sarcastic or you're doing those things, why not just have a conversation with them and say, Hey, look, you know, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm feeling. And can we just have an open conversation about this? Instead, a lot of people, a lot of times, they take that route of poking the bear. They're going to poke and poke and poke instead of just addressing the issue. So you're saying that's a way that we can turn this around is facing the hard conversation head on and taking that time to risk a friendship potentially. or risk a relationship with someone to be able to feed positivity into their life and help them avoid some of the negative. Well, that got heavy. It did get heavy, but I think it starts with us, David, and how we're aware of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Then I think it also carries over to the bravery or the courage that it takes to be in relationships with other humans. Brave people do hard things. Courageous people do things afraid. I don't want to lose you as a friend, but if it requires me to lie or to dance away from an issue or to, that's not really an open relationship I can, I can deal with because if every time I'm with you, I am stressed out about it or, you know, I walk away negative from from the negative being contagious, then that's a sad relationship. 
And I want to be positive because I believe in those around me. Like that's one of the things I will use you as a great example. I believe in you. And when you self-deprecate, it hurts my feelings because you're talking about somebody I care about. You're talking about somebody I believe in. And if you were talking about somebody else, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put up with that either. So why would I put up with you talking about you who I care about in that kind of way? So for me, it's not humorous. It's not a, I'm so literal. We already know this, but it's not humorous to hear you talking negatively about you because you're telling, it's kind of like you're telling lies on you because you're way more amazing than what you're saying. And I don't think we should go around tooting our own horns and like, oh, look at me, because that's the other part of being arrogant. But when you're confident in who you are, who you are made to be, what you're doing, you're gaining experience, you're very experienced, whatever the level, that's a different kind of picture. And I don't want anyone else to be deceived by the fact that you're an amazing human. I don't want anybody else to look at you and go, well, he says he's this, you know, he says don't don't like him or, you know, you're not supposed to appreciate him. Well, I call BS. And this hour of therapy was brought to you by the letter <laughs> P for permission. I will. Uh, thank you, Kim. I will stop by the receptionist and take care of my bill on the way out. Sorry. <laughs> no, this is the. This is the most affordable therapy I could ever get. This is great. <laughs> now, Kim, you have been a very positive influence, and I know that all those who know you uh, get the same same treatment because you surround yourself with folks who have a lot of potential, and I I value that. And so uh, this has been this has been a great session, <laughs> and. Uh, I think, yes, I will focus myself on being more positive and you can figure out how to do the same for you. Thank you. Seriously. Thank you for everything, because I feel like this is such an amazing conversation to have out loud and I am not perfect at it anywhere close to perfect at it. So don't even think if you're listening that this is a judgy thing. This is a me being real about real life stuff. I feel like it's very, very important. Well, these are these things that we would love to hear from our listeners and just find out what it is in their life that holds them back from being positive. You know, we're not here to make fun of you about it, but, and we can't offer you all the answers because we have experiences and opinions that we're talking about here. We love to know that there are other people like us out there. There are other people who are becoming aware and, and changing that negative to a positive or that you are struggling with something and that the podcast has helped in some way because it's important to us to also recognize you as the listener. It's a very important part to us of why we want to do this. This is... This is with the intention of building a community of people who understand permission and really understand permission to win 
in whatever way that is, whatever topic. Here's to all of our winners. Whoop, whoop. Thanks for spending time with David and Kim. Now it's your turn to explore permission in your world. If you have any thoughts, ideas, or questions about the show, please email info at yourpermissiontowin.com. And although they don't need permission to produce new episodes, they sure would appreciate it. Your permission, in the form of a five-star rating and review, will help keep the show going. Until next time, here's your permission to win. Mm -hmm.